0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network.
1: The former Arkansas Razorback baseball player, Tyler Spoon.
2: We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable. Also a two-time Dan
3: Levitard Show SUI winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fit.
1: And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley.
0: Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes.
1: Welcome in to episode 205 of the one and only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Hyndman Services studios. I'm your host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside... Porter Hayes, and we thank you as always for joining us. If you're listening on 1067 The Buzz or another platform, regardless of where it is, we thank you for coming to hang out. And if you're listening to the podcast on Apple, be sure and hit that subscribe button and leave us a written review and a five star rating if you could be so kind. The show is brought to you, as always, by our friends at BetOnline. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, plus the best part is free to sign up. So sign up on your desktop today or sign into your desktop or your mobile device by going to BetOnline.ag, and you will receive 50% off your welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts We're going to start off the show today. Porter and I are going to talk about some things from SEC Media Days up to this point. Now we are recording on a Tuesday night, so we won't get the whole entire weekend since we're only doing the one show per week now. We'll talk about some of our favorite moments from there so far, some coaches that we think have done pretty well. Then in segment two. We're going to be talking with Jake Crane from the j Boys Show, going to uh, get his takes on – he covers the entire SEC, so we're going to get his takes on the Arkansas Razorbacks this year and what he thinks that they could look like and a little bit of his predictions on uh, maybe a possible win or so that we aren't expecting to get. And then finally, Coach Cabo, Kevin, is going to be talking with the voice of Razorback Baseball, Phil Elson, in the final segment, going to be discussing Moneyball, which is kind of a thing that Nate Thompson brought along. Um, It started in in 2017, which was Tony Votello's last year as the hitting coach, and then Nate Thompson has kind of, since he's come on board, has done a little bit of tweaking to it, and they're going to go in-depth on that, Now I know... Baseball season's over, the drafts over, all that stuff, but we're going to keep discussing it a little bit longer cuz that's what we do here. That's our we we like to specialize more so on the baseball, the women's sports front along with the other stuff too. So, uh going to do a little bit more in-depth stuff on that with uh, again with Kevin and Phil in the final segment. And Porter, I have got to make a a uh I guess admit something to everybody that I'm ashamed of. I just now got into Yellowstone. I know that that is like the hottest show. I know I am just awful for this, but I know that it's been the hottest show on TV for the last couple of years. And uh, and Erica, my girlfriend, is a massive fan, has been since the very beginning, and I've been wanting to get into it, but it's either football's going on or some – I mean, really, just if it's the school year, we've got baseball, basketball, everything. And so my weekends are pretty much just full. And then, you know, I'm obviously doing stuff during the weeknights as well. And so I thought, you know, here we are at the slow time of the year. And so I am going to get into this. And it took me all of eight days to finish three seasons. Now, of course, you got to factor in my full-time job and everything. So that's the reason why it took a little while. But I am absolutely hooked. And I'm I know you guys that have been watching it really like the whole entire time you've been waiting over a year now, I guess, or almost a year since the, and still have to wait till November. And still have to wait till November. I know that it was supposed to be on father's day when it was supposed to come out initially, but that didn't happen clearly. But yeah, I I am just absolutely, I love Westerns as it is. I love dramas. And so you mix that in there too. And I mean, just the the gorgeous scenery in Montana. Uh, I'll tell you, who do you think I, I think it's pretty clear that obviously Kevin Costner is going to survive. You would think that out of any of them, that Beth is probably the one that didn't make it. I don't really know how much that explosion affected the entire office. Uh, spoiler alerts. I should have said that before, but <laughs> who, who do you think out of the Duttons could possibly be dead?
2: Uh, honestly, I, I don't think any of them. I mean, yeah. cause this is such a hot show and of course you read spoilers and you try to look ahead and see what's going to be upcoming. And I haven't seen anything about it. I don't think anybody, you know, dies from the explosion because you know how they do with the stars. They will miraculously come out I mean, how many times Meredith Grey got killed on Grey's Anatomy and she's come out from the dead? You know, it's just – it's crazy how that goes. But, man, Yellowstone, Ozark, Hands Made Tale, all those shows, I mean, I cannot wait till they come on. And then you get so trigger happy before, you know, it, you've been watched the whole season in one day. Now you're waiting nine, 12. Now we're waiting over a year and a half for, you know, cause Ozark is in its last season, but they're going to split it up into two. So you're going to be able to watch a half a season, take a break and then another half a season. But how Netflix does that, man, they just keep you involved. And I'm lucky enough to have direct TV. So the paramount, I have the app so I can sit there and stream, but, yeah, Yellowstone's another one of my favorites. Kevin Costner, I mean, that guy—he's like fine wine. You know, he just gets better with every role he takes. And this has been one of our favorite shows to watch. So I'm really looking forward to uh, it coming back on in November along with Ozark.
1: Yeah, we're big fans of Ozark too. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to that one. And also the show you—I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm. That's uh, that that's been. Waiting. That's creepy, yeah, it's a really creepy one, but it's pretty good. Uh, it's, it is very it, good. it was a while ago that that season two ended. And so uh, had to, I think that we were actually supposed to have that come back like in January. and then it got delayed again. But I, I will say about Ozark. I'm sad to see it end, but I'm glad that they realized, okay, we're kind of running out of things to write about because I think a lot of shows, and some would say, I never got into Game of Thrones, but I know that many said that, like, there were some that that really loved the ending of the series and some that absolutely hated it because you see so many times these fantastic shows that just go on and on because people just need more and more and more. It's like drugs. You just need more and more. But then finally, you just run the writers you can only talk about or you can only write about so much and then it gets to the point where it's just a blah ending i don't know if you ever got into house of cards but this wasn't necessarily yeah yeah, and this wasn't the writer's fault because kevin spacey got hit with those like sexual assault allegations and stuff but the ending to that was putrid i heard also that dexter was a was a great show with a horrible ending as well i never got into that one but
2: shows they seem to get redundant yeah they get tired of you know and it gets boring like i want to keep you know i like twist when it starts getting predictable and you know what's going to happen or say two seasons down the road you remember the same kind of storyline with different characters in season four it gets very redundant and then i get bored with it like we're watching right now it's called manifest and yeah it's, it's really good show and it's got twists and it keeps you engaged and so, we're in the middle of that right now. And uh, another one we watched was Sweet Tooth. It's a really cool one. I don't know if you check that one out, but it's different. And I'm one, I don't give spoilers. I don't talk about what it's about. So, you know, those two right there, you can give it, you know, check them out. But yeah, that's what really disengages me with shows. If they start getting to where they're too predictable or not, I'll just stop watching them. I mean, I can't remember what series it was. Uh, I wanna say um Shameless was yeah, one we yeah. just stopped watching and they were, they're still going or final season was last year and I haven't watched a season in, in five years. So but yeah, Netflix does it crazy because they make you wait so long and then you just binge watch the crap out of shows on on a weekend.
1: Yeah, that's how we were is we got it on sat so not this past Saturday, but the one before we got the P because I I got a, a Roku system finally because um, basically my brought like I I moved my TV into the living room and so uh, basically had that and I I I think it's a 2016 is when I got that and so it doesn't have all the apps so I basically just had to get a Roku to get everything else and then we got Peacock and figured out that's the cheapest way to watch Yellowstone and so finally got that and yeah like I said I did it in eight days and so one thing I've I. I found interesting Wes Bentley, Jamie's character, Jamie Dutton. He's actually from Arkansas. He went to, he went to high school with my cousin at Sylvan Hills. I actually remember watching him in a play when I was like six years old before he went to, uh, I think he, I think he went to Juilliard right after high school or one of those. Now I think Juilliard is the music school. It was one of the acting yeah. schools. It's really popular, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's some Arkansas ties right there. And there's a lot of big names in there. And so, I'm hoping that they don't run it into the ground like they do most shows. I don't think that they will. The writers have done a fantastic job thus far. And so uh, look forward to season four, though. I know that I know that everybody, especially like yourself that has been watching it for a while, is excited for it to get there because you've waited a long time. And So, well, before we get into uh, the segment with uh, Jake Crane, we'll talk a little bit about some SEC media days this week. Of course, Coach O killed it. I know that there's a lot of uh, polarizing opinions about Coach O out right now, but I listened to a uh, an interview that oh, – well, I guess Randy – yeah, Randy Rainwater and them did do it. I couldn't remember if it was a recording or not. But Randy and Rick, they did a interview with him on Monday afternoon um, while Randy was down there on Radio Row. And I'll tell you what, Porter, I, I don't really know exactly what's going on with LSU. We don't really know all the facts yet, but – I real well I hope it's not true in general because you don't that's some awful accusations but I just I, you just can't help but like coach O. He's just like he just comes across as just such a gem. I mean, you see what he's done on the recruiting trail. His players love him. He just seems like one of those guys and you know he's a he's a Cajun. He likes to drink beer. He just seems like one of those guys you want to drink beer and eat crawfish with.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing and that's where you really got to put that aside if this is true. You know, you you can't give anybody a free pass, and I think that's the deal is, you know, he led them to greatness. Yeah, he have Aranda, you know, and help them out and Burrow, all that talent and won a national championship, and now they're kind of falling off the wayside a little bit. We'll see how this year plays out. But they made a great point on the radio. I mean, this could be another Gene Chizik kind of deal. You, You get greatness. You have one of the best teams ever of all time. And then you have a bad year the next year, which they fire Gene. So we'll really see where he's at. But this gives them leverage. If he has a bad year, they can sit there and fire him with cause and use that speculation and all that stuff going on to not have to pay him his bonus. But, yeah, you never want it to be true on both sides. You never want to feel that someone like that would hide stuff. And then for the victims, you know, you never want to – know that somebody's really going through with this and they have nowhere to turn to because of the power that's over them. And Hey, well, we'll throw you some money to be quiet. You know, look at the situation up. At, uh, what school was that where the, the hazing and stuff that was going on and they paid the kid to leave. What school was that? Oh, Kansas. Kansas. Kansas right. Yes, yes. So you, know, you look at the Kansas situation, and they sit there and paid him fifty thousand dollars and less miles. You look where less miles come from. LSU. All this stuff going on at LSU. Jeff Long and and less miles. Now everything's going on. There's so many similarities between Kansas and LSU because look at the basketball programs. They just keep sweeping this stuff on the rug, and I think that's another point that carries over. Look at all the stuff Will Wade's got away with, and they just keep sweeping under the rug. Bill Self at Kansas, they just keep sweeping stuff under the rug. So now this happens in the football program, and everybody's like, well, they're not going to do nothing about it because look at Will Wade. Well, they're not going to do nothing about it because look at Bill Self. Yeah. So it's kind of a tough situation, but I just want the truth, and if it if it comes to be, then he needs to be held accountable just like all the others. Look, Joe Paterno thought he was above it. Look what happened to him. So – you know it's it sucks but the the victim is the one that needs to be taken care of instead of worrying about well i I can't believe coach o would do something like this and hide it we need to worry about is the victim okay is this person taken care of because everybody's just worried about the lsu program
1: yeah no question and and like i said it's uh yeah he's a very likable guy but at the end of the day it's you just hope and pray that this is not what it appears to be because it's the picture being painted is 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 quite brutal. Um, but on a lighter note, Lane Kiffin killed it once again. That guy is just—I uh, don't. As much as I hate Ole Miss, my disdain for them, I absolutely love Lane Kiffin. I don't—I don't like some of the things that he's pulled in the past, but I really do think being under Nick Saban really helped him a lot. He said he was very. Very uh, positive about him today and had some great things to say. He actually called him the greatest coach in in college football history and could possibly, when it's all said and done, be the greatest coach in all of sports. So very high on him still. I'm not so sure that Nick is very high on Lane, just from some previous stuff. you know, I don't really know exactly there, just kind of reading through the lines. But the guy that's really stolen the show over the last, at least on, Monday and Tuesday, was Shane Beamer. Uh, Now, South Carolina, of course, went on Monday, and he uh, said everything that he needed to say and all that, but he really won everybody over when he redid that picture. I know that you hate South Carolina. I know that's your most pretty much most hated team out there. But that picture that they did, that they redid after Spurrier had been, I think it was in like 2014, Right there when he had his suit on, and it looks like he had had a rough night and had his shades on at the Pepsi machine or the Coke machine or soda, I guess we say Coke down here in the South. And he basically recreated that, and that just did some major numbers on social media. And so and it's a social media age, so that's what, what it's about right now. Ever. What was that?
2: Whose social media do you think he's been looking at to get to an idea like that? Ah,
1: uh, could be the, our fine folks up there in Fayetteville. You never know. They could. Yeah,
2: look what the basketball coach has done with his reenactment photos and stuff and the engagements. Well,
1: mean. and I got to say, South Carolina fans, I don't know that we have any listening, but beware. And there was another guy named Brett Bielema that stole the show, his first ever SEC media days, and it didn't turn out very well for him in the end. So just because you win SEC media days, yeah, it might be great, and it might be great content and all that stuff. But don't think – I'm not saying Shane Beamer's not going to be successful. I think he's a good coach. I mean, what it remains to be seen what he'll do. I, I don't think he's going to win like an SEC title or anything like that, but – He's definitely made some noise in the recruiting trial. I've been keeping up with that a little bit, and he's got our former receivers coach, Justin Stepp, who's a South Carolina native of Pelion, South Carolina, not Pelican, South Carolina, as I so famously apparently. Yeah, I know. Man, I'll tell you, I got to say, out of all the negative pub that we got out of that from South Carolina fans, at least we got pub, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess I can't complain too much about that, but – but yeah, I really liked what Shane Beamer was doing, and and two, uh, Mark Stoops and Bob Holt had a had a pretty funny exchange as well. And Bob is always not just at Arkansas Media Days; he's he's uh, just a character all the way around. He's very well known around the nation for for his questions and uh, all that good stuff. But. I'll tell you, I'm looking forward. By the time some of you listen to this, it might be Thursday or Friday, or maybe even during the weekend when Sam Pittman is already gone. But definitely looking forward to that. This is this is Sam Pittman's first ever media day uh, as a head coach. I imagine when he was a JUCO coach, thirty a JUCO head coach thirty years ago, that they probably didn't have these, or maybe they had like one or two reporters just asking a couple of questions. Um, I guess I do remember on Last Chance U, they would have those Jayhawk media days and all that. But I mean, i you know, I don't really know how big it was back in the early nineties, but this is Sam Pittman's first ever uh, media days. And so of course he'll be taking Grant Morgan and Myron Cunningham with him. And so uh, I, I don't know that I necessarily expect him to steal the show, but you know, that he's going to be absolutely real in everything he says.
2: Well, in the placement, you know, it's, it's the last day at the end of the day and it doesn't matter what he does. I mean, everybody's going to be tired, ready to go home. They're packing up their laptops, their equipment and let's get this last interview and let's head on out. So they really put him in a tough spot for, you know, his first SEC media days. But it's one of them things that, you know, they, they start off with Saban and Kiffin and Mullen, you know. Once he works his way up and he starts winning and they're, they're going to move him up to, you know, the Wednesday spot, Tuesday spot. It's like playing the 11 o'clock game and playing the 6.30 game prime time. They do, you know, so he's he's got to earn his keep and he's going to definitely, you know, talk and i'm glad they're not taking kj because you know first year quarterback it's kind of hard to answer some questions especially in the rebuilding phase like they're going to you know you're taking cunningham and, and grant morgan so i'm really looking forward to what they have to say but i mean in all reality we know sec media days just to get quotes and some content to push us and hold us over to a uh, football season
1: oh yeah it's all just uh gas whatever word you want to use and and this is the time of year when we were all – I was talking about this in our group text earlier. This is kind of the time of year where we all start drinking the Cooler – well, not all of us. A, a large majority of various fan bases start drinking the Kool-Aid and start thinking that their team's going to win eight, nine, ten-plus games. And so, it's the, it's the that that's the good sign, though, because it's that time of year and we have football around the corner.
2: You say coach speak. You know, that's, that's yeah. what's talking season. That's what Coach Furrier said. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So –
1: Lord, this uh, segment went by really fast. I guess talking about yeah. Yellowstone and our favorite shows will get you there. But
2: hey, before you go talking about uh, Yellowstone, um, you know Rip was on Dazed and Confused, right?
1: I did, yes. And it's so crazy how much different he looks. Uh, they, it's like the all the female population just absolutely loves him. But if he's out of his Rip costume or, or his Rip character, then all that seems to go out the door. So it, that's what I uh, have gathered as the overwhelming majority for that. But I did know he was in, in dazed and confused. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's also got another movie that he's got coming out or, or recently did, uh, Cole Hauser, is his name, yep. but, but yeah, guys, if you haven't checked out, I know mo- pretty much everybody has, I was one of the last ones, but if you haven't checked out Yellowstone, man, do yourself a favor. It's a fantastic show, but all right, we're up against a break up next. We got Jake crane from the J boy show. Stay with us. With American national, you get a dedicated agent who will help you make well-informed decisions about protecting your lifestyle. Call us today for a free review of your commercial, home, and auto policies, or to learn more about our customizable farm and ranch insurance. Let The Atkins Agency be your agency of choice. You can visit us on the web at theatkinsagency.com, call us at 501-428-0877, or connect with us through Facebook. Go Hogs! Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. back on episode 205 of the hog talk podcast kyle sutherland and porter hayes here with you and we are now joined by jake crane he is the host of the j-boy show the fastest growing sports podcast in america jake i know it has been a very bittersweet at least it started off as a very bittersweet week for you (laughs) you know you got to go to sec media days for the first time or i assume this is your first time right
4: Oh, without a doubt, man, I'm I'm only 10 months in this thing, so I'm learning as I go. Yeah,
1: so you you get your creds to go to SEC Media Days, and then you find out, I guess it was around Sunday, that your Twitter was hacked. Now, you have since, as of Tuesday, gotten that back, so I know that it's turned around for you, but I know it started off pretty rough uh, as you you got into Hoover there.
4: Yeah, the only, well, it's actually, what's crazy, Saturday night, uh, I got hacked, just coincidentally, before SEC Media Days. The timing is, you know, is what it is, but... Uh, it's like I've been telling everybody. The only words I can think of is, is to quote the quote the great prophets from the Backstreet Boys and say "Backstreet's back." All right. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. How stressful was that? I mean, right oh. before SEC media days, and
0: then oh. you
4: act. <laughs> Porter, I, look, you know, I, coaching is stressful, man. It's a stressful deal. I, I did it for nine years, five at the Division One level. And, you know, I've been working, you guys know, I mean, uh, you know, and again, I, I love what y'all are doing. Y'all followed it. It's, it's taken a lot of hard work to build it up. And we just got verified, like just got verified. And to have that happen, I've been sick, physically sick. Um, but now we got it back. It's just been an emotional roller coaster, man. And, and coming here to media days and kind of figuring everything out. So uh, now it's uh, it was very stressful. Uh, it feels like a, a big weight's been lifted off and I'm excited to get back at it, man. You know, we've been tweeting on on fire since we got it back.
1: Well, Jake, you cover uh, the entire SEC pretty much, and uh, this being an Arkansas pod, I want to focus on the Razorbacks here while we got you on. For sure. So we we finished fifth in the SEC West last season, uh, three and seven, just above Mississippi State. For last place, uh, who fi- they finished last place in the SEC West, and I, I got to ask you, if I would have, if we're talking in July of 2020, of course, with this time last year we didn't know if we were even going to have football. But if I would have told mm-hmm. you that the Razorbacks were going to get three wins off of this schedule, would you would have thought I was crazy? Because I thought that they were going to maybe get one at best.
4: Well, and I'm going to continue to say it. Uh, I don't know if there has been a better fit hire than Sam Pittman in Arkansas. And, you know, the thing I think about Coach Pittman is, number one, his expectations and his team expectations are always going to outweigh anybody else's expectations. He won those guys over very quickly. If you watch the way that Arkansas played, and, and again, not just the, the big-time plays or the bad plays or the busted coverages, but the way the guys rallied around each other when they were up and they were down. I think Barry Odom did an unbelievable job last year uh, with the personnel that he had. I think Sam Pittman's going to take Arkansas to new heights. I'm excited about it. He still needs time to get more personnel in there. I love the way he's recruited. Look, Chad Morris recruited. It's one thing to recruit well. It's another thing to develop guys. And and I think Coach Pitt's going to develop them. And he's himself. And at the end of the day, when you are in charge and trying to lead 18 to 22-year-old men, they can spot a fake person quicker than anybody else because they see it every day. I always laugh in recruiting when coaches that I would coach against would go in there and try and be fake and be cool. If anybody knows a fake person, it's somebody walking around a high school hallway because 70% of it's fake. So I think Coach Pittman's real. I think the results are going to be real. And I think Arkansas fans should be as excited as hell.
2: And, Jake, I want to take it a step further because recently you had Eric Musselman on. And yeah. And
4: look at, at, at,
2: at Honey Urchek and all the sports we've covered and the coaches we've talked to, they've all said the same thing. Honey, your check has set a culture and a foundation, and I wonder how much that has really trickled down to the football season because they are the cream of the crop top program of the sport. So I wonder how much pressure that puts on them to now we got to perform because all these other sports yeah. are doing so
4: well. Yeah. Well, you want that. And, you know, as, as an athletic director, you want that pressure to be on your team. So I'll give you a great example. Mississippi State just won the national championship in baseball. You don't think the fans in football are expecting a, a big year and, and people in that athletic department because it's, you know, we say the word swag and vibe and stuff like that. But once you start raising the standard and you start raising the expectation – It's amazing how a lot of sports fall in line with it because it's contagious. Just like having a bad culture is contagious, having a great culture is contagious. And I'll tell you what, Eric Musselman, that was one of my favorite interviews. They're supposed to be getting me an Arkansas helmet for the set, guys. It's one of the few that I'm missing. He said he was going to hook me up. We sent him some J-Boy merch the other day, but – you know, Coach Mus, uh, I thought he made some great points talking about going from the NBA to college and how he treats it like the NBA when they recruit. They don't look at stars. They look. Do we think this guy's a lottery pick? Do we think this guy's a mid first rounder? Do we think this guy's a late guy? Uh, so, uh, you know, when you have to and, and, you, and again, y'all have unbelievable head coaches over there and those guys understand. That they can use each other and help each other. Uh, you look at Bruce Pearl and Brian Harson. When uh, Brian Harson got the job at Auburn, the first guy he called was Bruce Pearl, and I think you're you're, you're seeing that at Arkansas because, like I said, culture is contagious, whether it's good or bad.
1: And Jake, let's talk about the schedule this year. So, the most common predictions that I have seen so far is really anywhere from second to late. I, I've seen between pretty much that fourth and sixth spot in the SEC West. Really, just depending on who you ask, you got some that are maybe picking it, picking them in the, that third spot range there. But uh, is this the year that you could see them finally getting over the hump and and winning a game that they're not supposed to win now? For most Arkansas fans, that would probably be Texas A&M. I personally just don't see that happening with all Texas A&M has coming back. I know they got to yeah. find a quarterback, but Jimbo Fisher, we know what he does with quarterbacks, and he's got two talented ones there duking it out. But I guess you could kind of say the Ole Miss game, just with how they finished in the back end of the season, that was definitely one that they probably weren't supposed to win. And, of course, Mississippi State, at the point that they did win, uh, coming off that big win that Mississippi State had, against lsu at least that we thought was a big win but do you see them taking that next step in terms of possibly beating maybe a missouri or or possibly if they could get AM again that's one that's just really a long shot because there's plenty of people that are predicting a&m to maybe beat alabama finally this year
4: yeah look the sec west is about as deep as i've seen it uh, but i'll never count sam Pittman out I, I do think the four to six spot is realistic uh, again, just personnel. Listen, you can be the greatest. I always say this all the time. You can be the greatest play caller in the world. And I'm not saying Arkansas has average personnel. It's just that it, he hasn't had time to get all those guys in here to do exactly what he wants to do. Uh, you could have a great play caller with average personnel and not score and an average play caller with above average personnel and score a lot of points. But I tell you what, I'm, my spidey senses are tingling about the game versus Texas, man. Uh, we, I'm telling you, I know we talk about Texas A&M and I don't, I agree with you. I think Jimbo to me is building a monster over there. It's, it's really kind of scary. If you look with the resources and stuff they can do. And look, Arkansas has resources, you know, the Walton stuff like that. I I get that. Uh, but I think Arkansas is going to sneak up and beat somebody. My question is this, and, and, I've got to see K.J. Jefferson try and make all the throws. That's what I've got to see. You know, we saw some flashes last year. He gets another year in the throwing program, another year in the offense to get comfortable. I want to see if he's going to be able to put touch on the ball, how he is in the intermediate passing game. We know the O-line. is is going to be able to block people because Sam Pittman's their coach. Sam Pittman's maybe the best offensive line coach in the country. But I think KJ Jefferson is a big question mark. Losing Woods hurts. Trey Knox, we know, is a really good player. Some guys got to step up on the outside. What I'm interested to see is how they are schematically on defense now that they've got some more personnel. Are you going to see some more base stuff? And they kept it decently simple uh you know and tried to disguise a lot last year and what they did I'm interested to see with more personnel how they react but listen at the end of the day Arkansas is going to beat somebody they're not supposed to beat will they slip up make a bowl game it would not shock me
2: and how does it help with so many teams in the SEC uncertain at the quarterback position help a team that's trying to really get more wins in the SEC
4: yeah, well, I was talking with Ryan McGee from Marty and McGee today and SEC Network. And, you know, what's nuts is if you look around the league, guys, I can't remember uh, the last time that so many elite teams were having to replace a quarterback. I mean, you look at AM, you look at Alabama, you look at Florida, LSU's got a quarterback battle. Uh, so you kind of look around the league and, Uh, That's my that's my theory on Bo Nix coming back. You can't fake experience except on a resume. That's the only way you can do it. You get out there and the bullets are flying. You can't fake that. That's why it was big that KJ got the reps he had last year. But with so many teams, you got to watch it early because there's a big difference in the first three to four games than the back end of the season because those guys are kind of comfortable and the season's such a grind and you get into the routine and you understand what you're looking at. Uh, But I know K.J. is going to be prepared. That's the biggest question to me. Uh, But, no, the league is very interesting this year.
1: And, Jake, I want to go to uh, Scott Fountain, which we haven't really talked about special teams much in the offseason, I guess, because it's not as sexy as offense or defense. But I know you you grew up an Auburn fan, I believe, and so you're very very familiar with Scott Fountain who was there uh Coaching special teams and various positions within that coaching staff for I believe it was about eight or nine years. And he is one of those guys, I've kind of compared it to a salesman that just has a killer killer 11 months and then maybe in December just falls flat on their face. And I think that's what Scott Fountain did in his first year at Arkansas, partly because you talked about personnel. He just had a bunch of walk-ons in some cases playing on special teams, and it was just ugly. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. And so do you think that Scott Fountain, that was just maybe a fluke with – Just, again, lack of personnel last season and that he can get that turnaround. There's not much worse that you could do, but do you think that they get that turnaround in that area this year?
4: Yeah, listen, I've met Scott. He's a good guy. Um, I don't know why he put the safe punt return team out when Auburn was playing Florida State in the national – or didn't put the safe punt return team out when Auburn's playing Florida State in the national championship game up by two scores. Uh, fourth and three from the 50 yard line right before halftime, when you're not going to return the punt and they fake the punt, go score, get the ball after halftime, go score again. And now it's a game. Uh, That one will never be forgotten in Auburn history and not saying Scott's not a good coach. And uh, he is. And, and look, when you have deficiencies of personnel, it's not Sam Pittman's fault. It's not Scott Fountain's fault. It's what they inherited. You're going to see it on offense a little bit. You're going to see it on defense a little bit, but you're going to see it on special teams the most. And uh, eventually, physics is physics. The more you put guys that aren't able to do it out there, the more they're going to struggle. So you're right. They can only go up from here, but don't think those guys aren't being reminded of that in the meeting rooms and the off season and the weight, the weights and stuff like that. Uh, but I expect them to be a lot better. Cause listen, you know, I was a special teams coordinator for four years at the university of South Alabama and it's huge. People forget about it. You know, it, it's a third of the game uh, and it's not just, Punt return and kickoff return. It's field goal. It's field goal block. It's the hands team. It's the onside kick team. It's being organized. It's being efficient. It's being able uh, to, to key, uh, what your baiter is, what we call them, you know, finding your indicator on kickoff return. Is it the fullback in the middle? Is it the right end? Is it the left end? It's the little things. And when you add the, the better personnel that Arkansas has, I expect a better performance. Now there are ways to get around that. Rugby punt is a heck of a monster. It's the great equalizer. There's ways to get around it, but you don't want to be in that situation. I think Coach Fountain's going to do a good job this year.
1: Just uh, off the top of your head here, who, who is someone maybe for Arkansas? Just in your research that you might that hasn't really, you know, we all know who Traylon Burks is. We all know who Traylon Smith is. Everybody knows who KJ Jefferson, uh, Grant Morgan. Those are just some names to name a few of them. Jalen Catalan. Who is somebody that you expect from the outside that's not just strictly Arkansas media that you expect to shine this season?
4: Well, you know, it's a great question, and and when I look at it. You know, there's a couple candidates, but I'm very interested to see some of the new defensive line. Uh, there's a couple. that That's what I want to see. And because, listen, at the end of the day, this game is won and lost up front. I think Arkansas has some guys, uh, whether it's through junior college, whether it's through the portal, that can make it make an impact. And they've got to do it early because, you know, when you look at the teams that have success and you're going up against the Alabamas and the a because what Jimbo and Nick and all them want to do is they want to line up and they want to say my offensive line is better than your defensive line. We're going to run the power. We're going to run the counter gap scheme, big on big, whatever you want to call it. Some of these new guys on this Arkansas defensive line are going to have to step up. And I'm not talking about rushing the passer. I'm talking about in the interior of the defensive line. So very interested to see that. And I know you mentioned KJ Jefferson, but to me, to me, that is the biggest key going forward for Arkansas, that it, without a doubt, because he's still an unknown, guys. He is. KJ is not a proven commodity. He's got the tools. We've seen it. But mixing some of those new defensive linemen in on the interior – With KJ, that's what I'm looking at. Like you said, everybody knows Traylon. Everybody knows Knox. Everybody knows, uh, you know, some of the guys they have on defense, Catalan, just like that, who I think is a phenomenal player, uh, by the way. But I think somebody's going to jump off the page early, one of the new guys on the defensive line. I'm just interested to see who it is because I think there's multiple candidates.
2: And I kind of want to combine the last two questions and ask you what would be most important, you know, really buttoning up your special teams play and not flipping the field or, you know, maintaining a pass rush and, and really getting that
4: D-line solid? Yeah, both, both. But uh, if I had to prioritize one, just because, you know, the defensive line is going to be out there a lot more than the special teams will be out there. And you if you're looking at, at the amount of plays and the amount of game-changing affecting plays, not that field position isn't important or whatever, whatever – you have got to have the ability to not only rush the passer, but stop the run. Because if Arkansas can get there with four, if Arkansas can get there with four, you can do so much in the back end. That's where you get uh, your your DVs. I was talking with with Derek Stingley. Uh, That's where you get your DVs that are jumping routes, that are picking the ball off, that are returning for touchdown, that can take chances because you are forcing that quarterback to throw into whatever coverage with literally the seven guys you got back there. So I would say the pass rush, obviously, but listen, Uh, You win the game with field position, turnovers and tackles for loss. That's what you win the game with. And I'm very interested to see how that pass rush improves. But just like you guys mentioned, listen, you got to be a complete team. And, And the SEC West is so deep, you have to be a complete team.
1: We've been talking with Jake Crane from the Jay Boy Show, the nation's fastest sports-growing podcast. And Jake, I know you have been a extremely, but you're always a busy guy. But this week in particular, <laughs> I know it has been absolutely nuts for you, and certainly appreciate you taking some time out for us. And uh, we definitely would like to have you on right before football season. Uh, talk about that a little for bit, sure. More.
4: Well, I want to tell you, I got to get you guys on. You guys do an unbelievable job, man. Ever since we started following each other, I love listening to y'all. Keep it up, man. The grind, it's paying off. I can see it, man. And and y'all keep doing it because y'all really know what y'all are talking about. And I appreciate you asking me to come on.
1: Definitely, man. We sure appreciate you as well. And so, guys, stay tuned. Up up next, we got Coach Cabo and Phil Elson. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcast and the Buzz Radio Network. With American National, you get a dedicated agent who will help you make well-informed decisions about protecting your lifestyle. See you, buddy. Call us today for a free review of your commercial, home, and auto policies, or to learn more about our customizable farm and ranch insurance. Let the Atkins Agency be your agency of choice. You can visit us on the web at theatkinsagency.com, call us at 501-428-0877, or connect with us through Facebook. Go Hogs! Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336.
3: Welcome back to episode 205 of the Hog Talk podcast presented by Bet Online. <laughs> I'm Kevin Bohannon, and today joined by Razorback Play by Play man, Phil Elson. Welcome, Phil. What's up, Kevin? Good to talk to you, man. Appreciate the invite. You bet, man. I appreciate you joining me. I'm kind of doing something different here, uh, jumping into the Razorback baseball program and how they have taken on their own form of moneyball. And I've always been a big Moneyball fan and was an A's fan growing up, late 80s, early 90s. Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire. And baseball has gone to analytics. Uh, the Numbers tell the story about everything. I'm still kind of an old school guy like yourself. Um, and just wanted to just dive into the topic and debate it a little bit. Uh, but thanks for coming on with me. Yeah, you got
0: it, man. Uh, you know, I kind of – the idea of i think like when when people refer to moneyball i think that's a it's a loaded term sometimes because you know when when moneyball came out it was the story of the Oakland athletics and the way that they were you know analyzing statistics in the minors in college baseball in major league baseball to maximize the money that they Right, the idea that getting on base and hitting home runs is a, is, is the important part. You know, I mean, like uh, Earl Weaver was as old school as anybody in the history of the sport. Longtime manager of the Baltimore Orioles, he relied on the three run homer and was open about it. You know, and I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. think it was necessarily like a a philosophy that he put pen to paper or. But, you know, the walk and the run has been in style for a long time. It's just the way that that book and then the movie took hold. It was it was an eye opening thought for people to start putting the idea of batting average, maybe behind the idea of on base percentage. And then where slugging percentage comes into it, which, of course, where your home runs are going to take root, it all leads to scoring more runs than, you, than, than the opponent. And walks and home runs, you know, seem to be a nice way to do that.
3: That's exactly right. And, and you preface this perfectly because a lot of people, when they hear Moneyball, they think of, you know, breaking things down to the basics and some people have even equated it to small ball, which couldn't be further from the truth. But it, it's walks and home runs, and that's right. And we're only able to look at data from 2011 and on because that's when BB core was introduced to NCAA. Before that, it was the BSR, which is the, the batting exit um, ratio, so to speak. It had more trampoline effect, more bounce, you know, coming off the bat. So if you look at the numbers from 2011 – Uh, and I broke it up in increments of three years before Tony V got there, Uh, 2011, 38 home runs, 2012, 39 home runs, 2013, 27 home runs. And then Tony V gets on campus, uh, 2014, 28 home runs, then 2017 before he left, 83 home runs. The The three next full seasons were three of the best home run hitting years ever, best slugging percentages ever and best on base percentages ever. And that's when Nate Thompson got there. We didn't include 2020 because of COVID on you know obviously, but 2018. 98 home runs, slugging percentage of 475, on-base percentage of 391 with 324 walks. And that's the low year. <laughs> 2019, 88 home runs, 489 slugging percentage, and then you look at 2021, 109 482, and then 360 walks. Has has Coach Thompson transformed this into that way of thinking? Is is that going to win this team a national championship? Well, I
0: think that's part of that's definitely part of his approach. Yeah, uh, obviously, I mean, when you when you see with the hitters on swing path, on the way they want to get the ball in the air, you know, it it, it does become obvious that that's a that's a point of attack for this team and they'll say you know they'll say you try you know, trying to hit home run ball, ball in the air with a certain angle and yes you are trying to hit home runs nothing wrong with saying that um you know i think that now part of it is also who you're recruiting you know I mean, right. you're not going to you're not going to recruit uh Smaller athletes or athletes that aren't quite as powerful or whip the bat around as quickly as these guys do, uh, and and try to coach them to hit the same way, you know. Then you're then you're turning somebody who should be a hard ground ball line drive hitter, which there's still plenty of room for hitters like that in college baseball, into a into a power hitter, and it's probably not work out very well for them. And, um, so yeah, I think that underneath thompson differently from from tony vitello but you know keep in mind tony v was also part of bringing in some of the batters that that changed how that all went down you know like a chad spanberger or or a heston kerstad or a casey martin i mean these guys also were were recruited by tony and he might not have coached them but i think he was integral in that and certainly nate You know, deserves most of of that credit for bringing in that type of player, that uh, that fits to that philosophy. It's interesting too, Kevin. I look back on I sent this on a text to Bubba a few weeks ago. I was just randomly looking at our stat page, and you know about the three true outcomes because if we're talking home runs and walks, that's two of the three. Strikeout is the other. (laughs) 405 percent of Razorback plate appearances last season, 2021, 40.5% ended in one of those true outcomes. 109 home runs, 360 walks, 567 strikeouts. These things go together. You know, if you're going to walk more often, chances are there will be more strikeouts. And home runs are going to go along with those two as well. And historically, I think that's kind of been proven.
3: Yeah, and you look at 2019, I think they set the record for 581 strikeouts. Uh, but the on-base percentage is higher. So, the, and, and the reason we're doing this is to get fans to understand, look, you're going to have to take some of this. And I, to your point about Tony Vitello, uh, when he recruited Caden Wallace, he told Caden and the guys in that 2020 class, uh, and I think they were freshmen or sophomores in high school time. Look, I'm not going to be here when you get on campus. Uh, it's my, <laughs> it's, it's my goal to get a head coaching job, but I want you at the university of Arkansas. I think that's where you need to be. It'll be the best situation for you. And he got those kids on campus. So I do yeah. think, and, and I'm, I'm with you in the fact that Tony V kind of, you know, got a lot of these guys on campus, like Casey Heston, Caden, um, all these guys, you know, Robert Moore, you know, as, as well, if you want to look at it from that 2020 perspective and, If you just think – I think it's really taken on the athlete level itself of how you sell yourself to a college now. You know, our leading home run hitter was 5'9", 170. He hit 16 bombs this year. Mm -hmm. So, as we look at this thing as a a whole, but let's look at it on a microscopic level too, are players changing themselves now as far as, look, I'm going to be able to hit more home runs I may sacrifice that for a Texas leaguer every now and then, if I can take a good hack and strike out, or I can take a hack and hit a home run. Do you, do you well, think we're we're seeing more of that now?
0: I think we're at the point where the philosophy of what is important to hitting coaches or, or baseball managers or head coaches has 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 become a little bit entrenched to where that's how youth baseball becomes coached now too. So I don't I don't know if it's really players changing them, the way that they've been that they're being coached has changed uh dramatically um you know I, I was talking with Bubba about this yesterday and and if I were to say when I was a kid when I was a kid was late 80s early 90s but we were all taught flat path maybe a little bit of a rise line drives ground balls are better than fly balls. That's, that's right. Just not, that's just not the way you're taught anymore. It, it just isn't. And I, and I know, you know, 15 years ago, this you, kids were not being taught to swing uh, up as much as they are for, for lack of a better term. So I, I think the way the game is coached is, is has more to do with the way coming into college and even watching school baseball you, you know i mean we we went from we went from late 90s where we have commercials with tom glavin and greg maddox talking about chicks dig the long ball well (laughs) why the long ball then theoretically was because of of peds in in a lot of cases it seems different now where it's more about the way they're coached and it's accepted it's accepted you know a guy that's gonna all right willie mays hayes from the movie major league hits a pop-up short 20 20 push-ups robert moore hits a pop-up, you're like, well, you just got under it a little bit too much. You'll hit a home run the next time. So the game of baseball just is differently now. And what is viewed as, uh, I guess, important is, is viewed a little bit differently. And yeah. I didn't answer the question that you asked a couple ago on top of the initial question, which was, is Arkansas going to win a national championship with this, with this philosophy? You know, and the, the interesting thing is when we're going to point to analytics and every team in Major League Baseball uses analytics now, right, everybody does, yep. but mm-hmm. you, still point to the, you still point to the A's, you'll still point to the Rays, you know, the teams that don't have all the money in the great ballpark, but they find ways to win. Those teams have not won world championships, and it's right. well known. <laughs> it's well known. It's very interesting, you know, that, that if you're looking to win a division – in a major league baseball season, it sort of looks like that approach of the three true outcomes maybe is a good way to do it. It's a little tougher sometimes though, to win the best of seven series in October with that, you know, and I'm not putting that philosophy on any reasoning why Arkansas didn't get to Omaha this year. Has Because I think faced other teams that are, that have the same philosophy, really. I mean, that Oregon State team in 2018, Arkansas didn't lose that because they, you know, hit home runs and walked (laughs) and faced a great team. You know, I felt the same way with NC State this year. But it does make me think, you know, one thing that you have to be able to do is there is no one way to score runs. You're going to have to be able to scratch out something here or there. You might need to put down a sacrifice bunt in June, when you've put down one in the entire regular season, because the level of play is going to be higher and the pressure means more. And look, the Royals in 2016 won away not striking out by running the bases and stealing bases, doing it a little bit of the old way, like they how they won in 85 against the Cardinals. So it has also been shown that you gotta be able to score runs in multiple ways. And and that was one thing about Arkansas this last year. Certainly in the postseason, it did look like they were too reliant on the home run. I think it's okay to rely on a home run if you have a lineup that's really tough to pitch to, one through nine. But home runs slump more than singles and doubles do.
3: That's right. Yeah. And, you know, we're
0: looking at it and,
3: yeah, it's just one part of the formula. You still have to have the players. As the old saying goes, sometimes it's not the X's and the O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And Theo Epstein adopted it with the Red Sox, the Cubs, and you know they won world titles, if you're looking at it at a major league level. Um, I still think we're, we're getting better recruits in. I think we're recruiting at a better level. So if, if, they, if you pair that with what they have going on right now, and, of course, then you have the, the pitching side of it too, where you have a whole other side of this that comes into play, where analytics are just as big as well because you're looking at spin rate and that's been the big term, you know, that's coming up in the last few years. But one big thing is, how do you teach somebody to get better at spin rate? That's one of the, you know, key
0: mysteries of the day. Well, it seems that having a building and a pitching lab the way that Arkansas is, going, is about to have is going to be one way to find that out, you know. <laughs> right. and, 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 and look, I mean, tech, pitching technology, as far as teaching, is ahead of hitting technology. Yeah. You know, there's, you can, like, so you can maximize the spin rate and get it a little bit better, you know, but batters have to find a way to get the bat around quicker. And, and it's still going to be amazingly hard to hit a high fastball if you are swinging upwards, you know, that the uppercut, the launch angle, whatever it is you want to call it, is going to be susceptible to the high fastball, especially with guys that already are throwing in maybe mid-90s but have a spin rate that keep that ball up a little bit longer than a lower spin rate, you're yep. susceptible to a high fastball no matter how fast you swing that bat because of it. So, you know, that's what I'm talking about. There is no one-size-all uh, approach to the way to hit. And hitters are behind pitchers in, yep. in the idea that... Look, we just had a season where we watched Kevin Copps invent a new freaking pitch. <laughs> you know, you don't invent there is no way. You don't invent a new swing. You might change your angle on your swing and everything like that. Because you have these amazing like Rapsodo and, and, and all of the other you know, camera technologies that, that help a pitcher see how he's holding the ball and gripping it and releasing it and everything that goes along with that. That's, that's, that to me, along with maybe sticky stuff, was one of the reasons why Pitchers were so ahead of batters, you know, and 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 college baseball is the same thing. It's uh, I you know whatever the next technological leap for hitting is, because previously it was, <laughs> it was injections and creams yeah. and clears. Uh, the next technology, whatever it's going to be, and that's the way maybe to find a way to 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 pick through against against better pitch pitching technology. But because until that happens, you know, there's going to be incredible new pitches invented because you're able to spin the ball in a different way and see the way you release it in ways that you never saw before.
3: Yeah, I think it's, it's, it it changes how the game is looked at. It changes how the game is played. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch it, you know, over the next few years and watch how everything develops because everything just keeps getting bigger and better. And we talked about it with the kids turning down draft money to come play at the University of Arkansas. That was really cool to see. And, um, but yeah, th- this is the first of, uh, of a few talks that we're going to have about this subject, but man, Phil, I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule for coming on and talking
0: a little Razorback baseball. Well, you got it, Kevin. It is, it is, uh, it's fascinating stuff. The game of baseball, just like all the other sports is constantly changing. And one thing to rest laurels on is that you have a coaching staff and certainly led by Dave Van Horn that never takes a one size Dave's changed his philosophy on how to run a, an offensive you know, team for a couple of different ways. And yeah. um, the, the, the facility, we always talk about the Arkansas, and it's different than the stadium. It's different than the field they play on. It's different than the Fowler Center, an amazing indoor facility. The technology the program has outclasses major league teams. So... <laughs> Like if you see a kid like Peyton Stowball that could have signed for millions of dollars and ends up wanting to come to Arkansas, that's your reason why. The atmosphere playing in college, playing at Arkansas, playing in front of a frenzied, crowded Baum is one. He's going to be taught the game. I'm not saying this is a judgment. He's going to be taught yeah. the game on a closer one-on-one scale with, in a lot of cases, better technology than he could have had depending on the team he was drafted by. So – it's a, it's a sea change in college baseball. It really is. Man, that's possibly the best recruiting pitch to come to the university
3: of Arkansas in 30 seconds that I've ever heard. So I have to play this back
0: for all the future recruits that are getting drafted. <laughs> you got it, man. You got it. Hopefully. And, yeah. it, and that's the kind of thing that leads to a national championship, which by the way, it will be around the corner sometimes. Yeah,
3: it's coming. I think it's coming. So, well, for Phil Elson, this is Kevin Bohannon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, make sure you go subscribe, rate, review, leave us a comment, leave us a review. Make sure we get the best content out there. And we'll see you next time. Go, hogs.